Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Dennis Schroeder is a Celtic, has he been all along. Uh, the Lakers add a couple players to their training camp roster and uh, are continuing to wait this offseason out. So we'll get to all of that here in a bit. All right, so let's start with Dennis Schroeder, and I think we kind of have to start with the acquisition of him in the first place. Remember, the Lakers traded Danny Green in their first rounder that year for Dennis Schroeder, and at that time, I remember being cautiously optimistic is, is how I'll put it. He was certainly, he is still very talented as a basketball player, super quick, great motor, really competes on defense. Uh, his shooting, I think was an outlier the year before when he shot 38% and, and then, you know, there's some stuff going on off the court in terms of the way that he interacts with teammates and how teammates look at him that, uh, now knowing that I, I, I probably would have factored that in, in a little bit more heavily into my optimism in, in acquiring him. But so the Lakers trade Danny Green for Dennis Schroeder and uh, I remember at that time being really excited about the fact that the Lakers were finally going to have a point guard who could beat somebody off the dribble um, and and then being able to moderately replace Danny Green's production with uh, Wes Matthews, which looking back now, the Wes and Danny stuff is the stuff that I think I, I, I was the most wrong about. Uh, when it comes to, to Danny Green... What you cannot, and I think this is what the Lakers, I think, undervalued, what you cannot exaggerate on Danny Green with is the way that defenses have to guard him. Yes, there are some stills out there of Miami later in the series uh, selling out and not guarding Danny Green on the three-point line. But for the most part, most teams are going to at least take a step closer to Danny Green than they would most shooters at his position, the vast majority of shooters at his position. It's why, by the way, I'm really excited, or I was really excited about potentially getting Buddy healed because he would have had the same impact on the Lakers' uh, offense this year. Now, the Lakers do have some shooters on their team right now who are going to do that. I don't think they're as good or they force defenses or they bend defenses in the same way that Heald and Green do, but they at least have some guys who make you think about it. Anyway... That was a bit of a detour. Uh, looking back on the Dennis Schroeder trade, though, uh, I think had Schroeder, like the, the best case scenario in trading for Dennis Schroeder is that he accepts or is at least willing to compete for uh, the starting role, right? He wasn't even willing to compete. The first report that we heard immediately with the guy was that he was expecting to start and then in the press conference, he said he did his time, basically, in coming off of the bench and and was not willing to do that again. So that right there was a bit of a red flag. And I wish uh, if there was a way for the Lakers to do maybe a little bit more research and factor that more into their decision-making process, maybe see if you can get a little bit more for Danny Green and that draft pick that they turned into Dennis Schroeder back then. So still... I'm not going to go so far as to say it was a disaster or that it was even necessarily a mistake. It was a gamble, and it was a risk that the Lakers, I don't think, needed to undertake at that time. They were coming off a championship season. 
they uh, clearly had, you know, some good on their roster to be able to to roll back over. And and now look, Danny Green wasn't fully healthy. Maybe that was part of their arithmetic there, and they didn't think that he was going to fully recover. Which, to a certain extent, I I I still think is a fair thing to be concerned about. And so, like, you could see the logic there. I, I usually for me. I look at process, and I think the process was was there in terms of what they were hoping to accomplish with that trade. It, it is that process now looking a little funny in the light? Absolutely, but that's when we have hindsight at our disposal to be able to look back knowing everything about how that thing turned out. Now, one thing that you need to add into the analysis of looking back on that trade is that you wind up losing Danny Green in that number 28 pick, I believe it was, for just one season of Dennis Schroeder, which hurts, right? Because he walks away, Lakers don't get anything, uh, they don't sign and trade him to to maintain that salary spot at whatever, maybe he makes $14 million or whatever, uh, if they sign and trade him. Uh, but he walks away, he signs that $5.9 million contract with the Boston Celtics, and the fact that you lose out on that just completely on top of losing out on that similarly with with Alex Caruso that just that just kind of annoys me losing out on assets for nothing uh given how few assets the Lakers had to work with this year is is in my opinion bad practice now it just, the, the problem with the like with Alex Caruso I think it's more fair to criticize for losing him for nothing given that we knew that he had a robust market, uh, that, that several teams were interested in him, in him at that kind of $9.5 million, $10 million range. And so you kind of think that, yeah, you, shot, you should probably be able to turn Alex Caruso into something, right? Anything at all. Uh, with Dennis Schroeder, it's a little bit more complicated because as evidenced by his market, not many teams were all that interested in him uh, for a variety of reasons. We're going to get to that here in a bit. But for for just in, 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 in a vacuum, and none of these things, by the way, are done in a vacuum, but still, in a vacuum, given how few things the Lakers had to work with, how few resources the Lakers had to work with, you would hope that Rob Polinka would be able to get more for the playoff rotation players, which both Alex Caruso and Dennis Schroeder, I, both, I, I still think, both are playoff rotational players. Uh, the fact that they let both of those guys walk and get nothing in return, that, that hurts you moving forward. Now for Schroeder, things are complicated, man. He, he turned down that $84 million deal, four-year $84 million with the Lakers, uh, to, to pursue more money. Heading into this offseason, I think he and his team completely uh, miscalculated what he is worth and the kind of player that he actually is. And I think that started well before the contract, uh, <laughs> declining that contract. Once he showed up to the Lakers, coming from a fringe playoff team in OKC and coming off of the best year of his professional career, uh, coming off of the bench, going from that and then immediately demanding. I am a starter on a championship team. That was the first red flag. That was that to that right there was the moment that I said, "Huh, all right, this is this is what the Lakers are getting here." Again, hugely competitive, and and I love the guy's motor, and I love some of the things that he does on basketball courts. But 
to me, I'm going to look back on the Dennis Schroeder experience, and he's going to be largely representative of the things that I think ailed last year's Lakers team, where there were a whole bunch of guys who showed up anticipating certain roles without earning those roles and then getting upset if they didn't get those, if, if, if their uh, expe- expectations were not met. And, and I just think, you know, for, for a championship-level team, guys have to be more willing to sacrifice. And I don't think Dennis Schroeder was all that willing to sacrifice. Uh, it's a good thing that he turned down that money. I think the Lakers would be in a tougher spot, obviously tougher spot with him on the books. Um, and, and, and frankly, once he turned down that money, uh, I think Rob Polinka was smart to go out there and try to, to turn Dennis Schroeder into somebody the Lakers were more willing to commit to long-term in uh, Kyle Lowry. So, I think in, in that respect, Rob Polinka did a good job in, in seeing that there's a good chance they were going to lose this guy for nothing and trying to get something for him during that season. It, it just didn't work out, you know, and, and I just think that's how I'm going to look back on the Dennis Schroeder as a Laker experience. It just it just didn't work out in, in, in multiple ways. This guy just, it wasn't meant to be for this guy to be a productive Laker. And, and in some regards, it's, kind of fitting that he's going to go and become a Celtic and maybe he plays better. Maybe he realizes, all right, it's time to scale back the, the, the kind of player that I think I am and be more willing to fit into a winning team's dynamic here. But that remains to be seen. And, and, and frankly, like his, his approach to free agency this year kind of tells me he didn't learn his lesson because even at the very end, he was trying to milk the Boston Celtics into the larger exception, the, the closer to $10 million a year exception for the one year. And and that would have hard capped the team. It would have made the team uh, less flexible in their ability to improve over the course of the season. And he just didn't seem to care, which, you know, he's a free agent. He's probably only going to be there a year. Maybe he shouldn't necessarily care the way uh, players who are more invested in their situation might be. But you would hope that coming off of the disappointment that this was, that maybe he would kind of read the room a little bit more. Uh, that that you know the fact that he didn't tells me that you know this guy just is destined to be a, a good stats, bad team type of player. Which you know it gets you paid and it keeps you in the league a little while, but it 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 also gets in the way of doing any real winning. All right, some things to clean up before I send you guys off here. So the Lakers do go out and they add uh, Shonday Brown and Mac McClung to their uh, training camp rosters. They get Exhibit 10 pa- uh, contracts and and will be able to fight for their ability to stay in the organization in training camp. Well, uh, best of luck to both of those guys. Uh, I, I think in, in both of these cases, though, it's long shots that either of them make the roster. It's just the Lakers just kind of keeping their keeping their options open. Before I let you go, I do want to point you guys in the direction of some good content on SilverScreenRoll.com. Alex Regula wrote a really good editorial about uh, the type of fire, firepower the Lakers have this year uh, on the roster, especially in comparison to past seasons. The Lakers went all in on offense. I think it was the right call, especially given uh, the way the game is played nowadays and the way that it is refereed. Uh, It is very difficult to be a very good defensive team and a mediocre offensive team 
and and have the type of success that the Lakers expect to have of themselves. So I, I thought Regula did a really good job of, of putting that together. So make sure you guys check that out. And then uh, and then later today, when after you guys are listening to this, uh, Sabrina and I are going to look back on the Schroeder experience. And I think Sabrina, of everybody out there who is you know chiming in with their couple pennies on the Schroeder experience, Sabrina is one of the few people who is really against bringing him in in the first place. And I think that puts her in a, in a unique situation here where she can kind of, you know, pump her chest a little bit and say, yeah, I didn't think it was smart at the, at the time. And now it looks even worse given the way that it went. Uh, so she and I will talk about that and, and probably a few other things in, in uh, the latest edition of the I Love Basketball podcast. Until then, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.